2: Available at participating retailers now. Kick back and relax. It's time for The Run Home with Kirsten Beeve.
1: Good afternoon, this is The Run Home on SENZ and it is Thursday the 23rd of February. Great to have you joining us today. I am back after a four day hiatus, I'm back with a sort of new last name, I'm not sure, we haven't decided yet. Uh, maybe it will be, maybe it won't be, but everyone keeps saying to me, hello Mrs Thorne, which I am not.
2: <laughs> so uh, can we clear it up now? Steffi
1: just said to me before, can I call you Mrs Thorne now? Not right yet. Not right now. Not right now.
2: You're still choosing?
1: Yeah, I'm still deciding. Okay. You don't have to decide straight away, do you? Well, you were giving me crap for being double-barreled, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe I've gone away from the double-barreled and I'll just stick with my own name. I don't know. Have
2: a power
3: play. I don't know. But it's
1: great to be back. It's great to be back. feels like I've been away for a month, but then it also feels like I was here just the other day.
3: You a bit lethargic?
1: Oh, look, I'm I'm still recovering. I'm just mm. getting my voice back uh, after what was a powerful, powerful five days down in Queenstown. Did you
2: did you did you take the days post wedding to very much just put the feet
1: up? No. And, or you kicked back into? <laughs> no, it? we did not because some of our friends decided to stick around Queenstown, and you can't not go and visit them, right? Even when you can't keep your eyes open and you can barely talk because because you're so exhausted. Um, and probably so hungover as well. You've got to go and visit these people that have come all this way to see you.
2: Wasn't my me and Rubes or JB, was it?
1: They actually they were gone. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God those two were gone. It have, was some of the others. I could some have a breather the from that those stuck two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you have a good time? Did you enjoy yourself?
2: I think we all know I enjoyed myself.
1: Did you? <laughs> Did you? Good. Yeah.
2: I actually made the comment the other day. I actually to the Aussie boys, they said, Oh, how was Kirst? And I said, I should be out 11 out of 10. But I said, Look, at one stage, I thought. I had
1: the time of my life.
2: Well, at one but stage. I was... had to look
1: back at videos.
2: <laughs> I said "I said to the Aussie boys, I said, Look, I, ve- I almost said to Kirst at one stage, Look, you, you're going too hard here. You're not going to see your wedding night out. This was at daylight like when you then made me chop about four grins on the trot. Well, it was at
1: four o'clock.
2: It was about four o'clock. And well, then... I was really
1: nervous the day off, so I, I had a few grins. Pre,
2: But I was, honest to them, I was honest to them, I said I probably should have had that word to myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait till you see the videos that surface in, in the coming days. Oh, I do not want um, to see. I've actually got some, some wedding awards that I thought we could do because um, someone said to me, we could definitely have an Academy Award show (laughs) after that wedding. And and they came over two days later and and just listed a whole heap of awards. You know, the classics, the liability, the scrapper, uh, the flirt. There was always uh, a little bit of that going on at every wedding. What sort of... Wedding awards could be handed out from a typical (laughs) wedding that you've been to, double eight, double three. If you've got an award, I would try and name the person uh, that that actually corresponds to. Beaver could go down as a couple, actually.
2: I was going to say, me and Izzy are probably.
1: You could go down as two, three maybe. You could fit into three categories. Uh, If I give you, if I start off with you, uh, two left feet. The award for two left feet, moon dancing all over the place and waking up the next morning saying you've put your back out because you went a bit hard on the dance floor. And also the scrapper because you woke up and said, did I elbow someone last night like I did in South Africa?
2: Yeah, well, I I, I was in the middle of a, well, I was, Privy to a heated conversation, and I didn't think it needed to be happening, and I didn't know if I even intervened or not. So that's what oh, what now. I...
1: Now you've got all this confidence about you. <laughs> <laughs> you've got confidence since taking the field as it is. Yeah, I know. You know. Your elbows are all good.
2: the The moonwalking thing. Um, look, uh, most people who know me always staggered when I do actually find the way to the dance floor. Well, usually, it's a stagger. Um, it's
1: quite early too.
2: Well, I did have the disco. I did have the disco headphones on. I think at that stage, and I don't know what everyone else was listening to, but I was listening to Michael Jackson oh, all were night you? long. Yes, because you
1: couldn't find the dial to change the channel.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was raved when I heard you could change the channel, especially after the wife gave me. Did you have Spice skills on one of them?
1: Well, I think we did. But yes. I was on and off. I was pulling them on, listening to.
2: I must. Whatever was on that I channel. I must say, what a wonderful addition. I cannot wait to the next party I host. I think me and your now husband have actually talked about a business opportunity there.
1: Oh, Silent Disco is for the win. If you've never done it before, I'd never actually done a Silent Disco before, but Gareth had done them in the UK. That's what they used to do Uh all through the 2000s. They used to host these Silent Disco rages. So old and so cool over in the UK and Europe, but no one does them in New Zealand, and we thought... How We just tried to get music for everyone, and you can't do it. You can't find music that suits everyone. So we thought, oh, well, we'll do the silent disco and see how it goes without any idea of how it was going to work, and it was a big hit. It was a big hit. I
2: thought you must have picked it up from Coachella.
1: No, they do do them at Coachella, but we never found that. Because ah. there's so many stages. We literally didn't find the, the <laughs> silent disco stage. Readers saying the Soiler. Is that the award for the Soiler? I think everyone was soiling everywhere.
2: Uh, no, that's potentially going home and then um, not making it to the loo. If, oh, if I'm is thinking of that one, is <laughs> read again something. Are like, you
1: putting yourself in that category Reed, again?
2: Again, something my wife accused me of in the morning. Um, again, no, no evidence. Well, <laughs> she's she reckons she's got evidence. There was no evidence to that. Reed. She
1: accused you of doing that. Yes. Um, As well, Dag, mm. every time I looked around. <laughs> He was kissing someone, <laughs> hugging someone, and actually, I could probably put your great mate Mills in that category as well. Oh, were they jumping around, hollering, hooting, and, and jumping all over each other?
2: Yeah, some real. There was uh... some
1: real romance going on between <laughs> between the boys. A lot of a lot of man love.
2: Uh. Yeah. Look, I've I've talked to a couple of my co- co-owners of Grins uh, this afternoon, show. The Grins
1: obviously got everyone good. Well,
2: I, I bumped into one just down the road here in Auckland, and uh, I said to him, I think if I are going to any more weddings where Grins is on the menu, I'm going to produce like a half-strength one just so I keep it all together <laughs> until dark.
1: Yeah, so here's where the next award comes in, the biggest liability. And I probably didn't realise at the time, but... Two days later, when we started cleaning up, I found scissors, multiple pairs of scissors just dotted around the house, the cottage, the bathroom. And I was like, why are there all these scissors? What have people been cutting? When I looked back at the vision, everywhere you looked, people were on their knees Doing shotguns out of grins cans <laughs> next to bathtubs. So if you don't know what a shotgun is, people were using scissors to stab the can, <laughs> crack the can open, and skull these cans of grins because people were clearly so thirsty <laughs> and uh, just felt the need for fun and games.
2: Uh, look, people, and it was
1: happening everywhere.
2: People don't, don't put don't put a lot of us behaviour down to the raucous sort of uh, attendees of this thing. I can assure you. This was a bride like no other. Oh, I, I think
1: I was the biggest liar. She
2: stopped the speeches to have a boat race between the groomsmen and the bridesmaids, which they, the bridesmaids won. Uh, she then was uh, going around, and this is where, as I said on Monday, it got me where she said, oh, take a knee, will you? And uh, I did about four on the trough of her, which, look, it did not help me. Um, and, yes, the shotguns I did see uh, unfolding. Um, not for me, uh, I was well and truly, probably, I shouldn't have been, wouldn't have had scissors in my hand by the time that they came out after, uh, as I said, those, those uh, take a knees from the bride demands. Uh, another text in here from uh, Martin. My award would be the stealing the show from the bride or best on the dance floor, not making it, not making it to bed.
1: Uh, A lot of those, Uh, a lot of those. I didn't want the attention, so everyone stole the show from me, which is exactly how I wanted it on the big day. Um, Some more than others, and this is probably where the flirt comes in, because one of my dear friends has been accused of flirting with every single male that walked in to the wedding that day, and I said to all the girls, had problems. All the girls said, that woman is flirting. I'm like, her fiancé is standing right next to her. She's not.
2: Not blue dress, was it?
1: It was blue dress. She's a lovely girl. She
2: asked me to play um, sax with her.
1: Well, so here's the thing. The girls were saying, no, she's been up whispering in the boys' ears. (laughs) She was whispering (laughs) because everyone had headphones on for the silent disco. So how else do you get someone's attention? (laughs)
2: Uh, I, I I got informed about this in the morning when apparently there was a confrontation. But <laughs> apparently
1: I... there were several confrontations going on that I was totally unaware of.
2: I thought she was a lovely girl, and as uh, in my only conversation, I remember was she was wanting to play me at some sort of game on the uh, on the lawns there.
1: Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. She takes that award anyway. Yeah. Uh, Poor thing. <laughs> stealing the show. <laughs> uh the so-called flirt i'm not not sure if the room is a joke i wouldn't buy into that i was totally oblivious to everything <laughs> um and that's probably all the awards we have time for today unless you want to hand out any others uh, what about
2: you like i must admit i turned around there about half an hour after the ceremony and uh you started talking to me i was like hey, who is this person and i worked out that it was the bride yeah you, you whipped out of your gear pretty quickly
1: well, you they're didn't, not. they're not comfortable, are they? You only
2: wear one down your life. You've got
1: to get your party outfit on. <laughs>
2: well, you see, I thought it was just a great endorsement. I've
1: been in it since 10 o'clock. I thought
2: it was the mango and pineapple dress that you put on. I thought, that's a great endorsement for the brand. That, um, it was
1: a Grinz dress, yes. you're right.
2: But you didn't feel like being in the wedding dress any longer?
1: No, I'd just been in it for so long. It was hot, you know, I was ready to just get comfortable and uh, say sayonara to the night.
2: <laughs> and the other question I had for you, what were you listening to when you pulled up? It was very gangstery.
1: Could you not hear it?
2: Oh, no, I could hear it. Oh, could you? Yeah, it I wasn't could.
1: gangster. It was um, it was Ciara Goodies. You've lost me. <laughs> you, you obviously don't know, <laughs> you don't know the song. I knew the,
2: I knew the tune. I'd heard the tune before, but I was like, jeez, coming in very hot here. Oh,
1: I, um, look, the girls were on. Um, The girls were on very early. Uh, Quite a bit of (laughs) preloading going on. As we say, nerves the morning of the the big day. And I don't know. It's because you just want everyone else to have a good time. It's nothing to do with the actual ceremony or whatnot. I couldn't have been more relaxed for my vows. I could do that every day of the week. But you're nervous.
2: Oh, actually, just, actually, the, sorry, listeners, I, I hate to interrupt the now co-host back on, but while we're talking vows, and I, won. I, I just want a straight yes or no from you on the text machine, um, in these vows, these said vows, and I can't remember if Gareth said it to Kirst or Kirst said it to Gareth, but it was around the fact that she loves coming home at the end of a day after dealing with idiots. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but it came. It came, no, it came I across as that. Say, no, was she referring what? to me or one of the other five jobs she has? Because no, that's that not what I
1: said. everyone, I can tell you the exact line. I can everyone, read it from my vows.
2: Everyone who's a fan of the run home, which I found out there was many listeners on the run home at the wedding, they all turned to me uh, on cue, as if. No, oh, Alex. Well.
1: Alex actually came up to me straight away. Beaver's lovely wife, uh, straight after the ceremony, and said. Was that about beef? Because I feel the same.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I knew that though. It was a, it was a weird place for me to be told in someone's vows. No, uh, you know. that
1: that is not what was said. I just said you're the only. And you know these are dramatic effect. You know Power you want you want to pump the person up in front of you. And I just really wanted Gareth to feel good on our wedding day. So I said you're the only person I want to come home to at night after a long day.
2: Mm, I sort of that, feel that she's cut a <laughs> few words out there for your listeners. There was definitely a reference to individuals. There was, um, no,
1: there was no, there was no, no individuals. Beaver's name was not mentioned in my vows, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately.
2: There was, a, there was um, I guess, alluding to, because a lot of people, a lot of fans of The Run Home, as I said, came I up to see me and Was she talking to you yeah, about you? Oh, I, was like, I didn't
1: realise people actually listened so intently to your vows. Oh,
2: glued. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely glued. Well,
1: anyway, uh, that is our awards for my <laughs> wedding. If you've got any others that you would like us to put names to, like not making it to bed, I'm pretty sure no one wanted to leave that night. Um, uh, including yourself, you were shoved yeah. into a taxi. Yeah, apparently. Otherwise, you're being left behind. And that's how everyone else felt. Great night, great <laughs> weekend, and I don't know how you get to do that all again. <laughs> I'll without having another wedding. Be Kenny. it
2: con- be controversial. Yes, B. Uh, you are said, idiot. Thank you, Kenny. Um, I <laughs> yep, I it's thought as true. much. I thought as much.
1: It's not true. Not true at all. Uh, But if you've got an award you would like us to give out for the wedding. You tell us what award you'd like, and I will name names. Double eight, double three on the bed Post text line or 0800 811 You're listening to The Run Home with Kirsten Beeb, all thanks to Rotaflex by Blunston Stability Meets the Freedom to Move. Coming up on the Makers Menu, thanks to McDelivery, we catch up with Brennan Popperwell from the TAB. Get some odds. Is this marriage going to last? We're, <laughs> four, <laughs> we're four days in, and team, we're going strong. We are going strong. Um, we have James... Marshall coming on the program as well. Of course, he is with the Crusaders ahead of their, well, massive Super Rugby season opener tomorrow against the Chiefs. Uh, BSI Beaver sees it just before five o'clock. After five, we're going to do a Super Rugby power half hour. We're going to do our Super Rugby season preview. Beve and I are going to pick the finishing order of our five New Zealand teams. You can pick your finishing order as well. Let us know on the text line, one to five, how you think our New Zealand Super Rugby sides will finish by the end of the season. We'll look at round one as well, compare the different New Zealand derbies uh, and look across the ditch too. And we're going to play a little game with you. But we'll tell you more about that after 5 o'clock. We've got a big game on our hands. It is Drive to Survive, and I can't believe it. But these guys... <laughs> we did it for you. These guys <laughs> have been jackpotting over and over and over and over again. $250 we've got to give away today, all thanks to our great mates at the TOB. We'll be playing that a little bit later on. We'll whip around the grounds, all thanks to PGG Rights and Turf. And we've got a legendary English... Fast bowler, former fast bowler on the phone as well, Steve Harmson, talking up that second test from the basin tomorrow. Hopefully we get some play in too. The weather is not looking good. That is the makers menu. Thanks to Mick Delivery, delivering your makers favourites straight to your door. Oh, another couple of awards coming in. Someone wants to know who consumed the most grins. Beeve, what was your count?
2: Oh, look, I, what was I, your tally? I, I lost if you count. You consumed
1: four in one minute.
2: <laughs> I lost count, what? but you would have been a finalist.
1: Oh, a few finalists. Yeah. Uh, who, who caught the bouquet? I chucked the bouquet walking back down the aisle, and I think that landed on the grass. And I also think that probably offended his mum a little, who made the bouquets. Oh.
2: You're so against uh, tradition.
1: Very, very against tradition. I
2: was actually waiting for that big moment.
1: Did you want to catch yeah, it? I was you going wanted a second wedding.
2: Yeah, you just do it, do it again with my wife, of course.
1: Uh, Jerry, good day to you both. Tell me, is SENZ running a last man standing uh, comp for Super Rugby and the NRL? We're running tipping competitions. So you can jump on the SENZ website and play in our SENZ Super Rugby tipping competitions. It'll be the same for the NRL. We've got up to $5,000 worth of prizes, uh, amazing sporting experiences to give away. So go on our website uh, and enter our SENZ. SC- E-N-Z, Super Rugby k- Tipping Competition. Babe, can you believe uh, that Super Rugby is back and it all kicks off tomorrow?
2: I guess with so much focus this year on news, on, the, I guess, the All Blacks and, and everything that's going on in New Zealand rugby. And,
4: what has happened sort
1: of, since I've left? Oh, what coo- is all this drama? Just
2: coaching politics,
1: what the, as mm, always. Like, genuinely, what has happened? What has been going on over there?
2: <sighs> it's tough to know, but it's... Can esse- you give me the rundown? Well, essentially... Fozzie went on a bit of a media campaign a day, 24 hours ago. With, he didn't come to you? With everyone bar me. Um oh, And apparently yeah. he... What so- have you
1: done? You're in the bad books.
2: Well, he seeked, he seeked out these media people.
1: He didn't. He didn't. He went to he some knows fella, you're in the media.
2: I know. And he went to some fellow called, is it Hoskins? Hoskins? Martin Martin Hoskins? Or is it... <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. Anyway, he went to someone like that instead of coming to me. Did he think we don't have the same coverage? I don't know what it was. But he went to someone like that. Um, and came out and said, you know, like, this whole coaching thing, it's just people's agendas about getting this timelines and self-interest. It should be left until after World Cup. Does I don't...
1: he get on with Razor? Who? Fozzy, Oh, clear. Well, no. They're... Well, is this a dig at Razor? Of course Or is, it is this a dig at Mark Robinson and New Zealand Rugby? It's a
2: classic mind game.
1: Who's the dig at? It's really confusing, all of this. Well, it's,
2: it's, I mean, because Fozzie in the interview talks about self-interest. Well, it's in his interest to have this named after the World Cup.
1: But you said you thought this would be better for him I've... and the All Blacks if it was actually named earlier, because it stops the chat and stops I think the it would speculation.
2: Be. I think it would We're be. We're just going
1: to keep speculating who's the next coach if it's not named before.
2: I think the thing that Fozzie's now thinking about, and he's said this in one of the interviews he said oh
1: he doesn't think they're gonna win
2: well he said i'm not i don't think i'm gonna be here next year so
1: so he wants the job next year
2: yes yeah so he
1: clearly wants to stay on which none of us but he also
2: uh, fozzy and i mean this wouldn't be saying anything ridiculous here if it was announced before the world cup he doesn't get it but if it's announced after world cup and they win it he He gets gets it it. yeah so
1: hard situation isn't it mm. so what what do you do
2: I still think, and and obviously my great friend Ian, who's obviously not my great friend anymore because he didn't ring me when he went on five different radio stations. He'll be listening Um, now. He'll be listening now. I honestly think the best thing for him and the All Blacks, it's actually to get it out of the way. I know he's saying polar opposite right now. Does
1: it not sound like a bit of an excuse? If we don't win, it's because all of this was going on in the background.
2: (sighs) That wouldn't wash with the general public. I mean, there's some things that wash, and then there's a World Cup result.
1: It just, it's, it's very funny. Yeah. It's a very funny situation. So that's
2: why Super Rugby snuck on up, up on us, because well, all it's that's here.
1: happening. It's here tomorrow, and it starts with a <laughs> blimmin' massive game as well. When it you've starts got...
2: with what could be the final.
1: Damien McKenzie, Richie Malonga going head-to-head. Oh. Sam Tokyaho, Tokiaho, Cody Taylor going head-to-head. You've got these two massive loose forward trios. This is two rock star teams uh, oh, when yeah. you look at the Chiefs and Crusaders. And we're going to go in-depth about Super Rugby. But first, here's a little snippet for you because Ethan Blackadder was on breakfast with Izzy and Kempy this morning and he is blimmin' happy to be back.
0: Yeah, nah, the room true, mate. Uh, yeah, feeling real good. <laughs> nah, the shoulders... um. Pretty robust now and just got recovered from a wee past niggles. So, no, I'm
1: good to go, mate. That is Ethan Blackadder, who, of course, will be starting for the Crusaders tomorrow night uh, in an incredible side. Uh, Joe Moody is returning as well. 13 starting All Blacks uh, in this Crusaders outfit beave. But then you look at the Blues team that was named at 2 o'clock and they also have 13 All Blacks lined up. That is an unbelievable Blues side. Who has the best team in Super Rugby? Is it the Blues or is it the Crusaders? On paper.
2: No, looking at my paper, I still lean between either the Crusaders or the Chiefs.
1: Well, Chiefs forward pack is seven All Blacks.
2: Yeah, I I honestly think, and I know it's ridiculous because there's like six All Blacks in there. I think the Blues pack might be a little bit light for me. I know I said this and you look at Nepal La and Big Offer as your props, but I just I just can't get past that. I I look at Big Patty and I say, Yep, but who's partnering him?
1: Cameron Soifua. who yep. was that? He was a monster a I'm few just, years ago. He was the one tipped for for big and, things. And
2: James Tucker is on the bench, he had a great yeah, but I'm just when you compare them to say a light a oh, white Chiefs. A white Barrett or a tupo Vive Retalic plus Lord in the Wings plus um, Ricketts has just come up. It's ridiculous.
1: Peter Gus moving to six Peter with Luke six. Jacobson in his pack. best position at eight.
2: Interesting for me if number eight's Luke's best position.
1: That's what Clayton McMillan thinks. Is it? That's why he's picked him there.
2: Mm. I think he's going to be a great asset for Sammy at seven because I think there's a bit of seven about Luke Jacobson. Mm. I really do.
1: Well, he's got to wait his time, doesn't he? Because Sam Kane is there at the moment. We are going to talk Super Rugby, and our half-hour power hour of Super Rugby after five o'clock. But when we come back from news and sport, we're catching up with Brendan Popplewell from the TAB. <laughs> yes, we've got a text in from Nick saying, "Bang on." Foster getting in his excuses early, soft as a marshmallow. You don't agree though, Beeb. You don't think it's an excuse?
2: Oh no, I, I, <laughs> I, th- I think it's. I, th- I honestly think. Any, I just think he, they need to do. They just need to get it done with.
1: But he doesn't want it done. He's saying that it's putting all this stress and pressure on this team that they don't need. I don't. It doesn't buy, matter, does it? It going doesn't to, matter. You've got going, your coach. They're
2: going to a World Cup. There's going to be enough stress and pressure anyway.
1: That that board meeting was happening today, obviously in Wellington, because we haven't seen any movement <laughs> between uh, outside the cafeteria. I think all future New Zealand rugby board meetings have probably been moved from their Auckland mm. office to Wellington, where there isn't a... a peaky uh, radio station <laughs> just, a very
2: peaky radio station just
1: down the hallway um but we'll talk about this a little bit later brendan Popwell from the tab is joining us now bet live in your favorite sports with the tab app today bp great to have you back on how are you
0: i'm good thanks kiss and how are you doing life a little bit different now
1: oh it's exactly the same it's exactly the same <laughs> nothing's changed in my world
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, well, we'll give it a couple of years, eh, i I'm sure that might change.
1: Give it, give it a couple of months.
2: Yeah, the shine will come off, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> that's right. That honeymoon period's yeah. over. Um, but no, all good. Good to hear you. And I'll put you down as about $1.02. Uh, I think this is a, a good thing, Kirst. Uh, don't worry about... Uh, I reckon you're, you're a good thing to just carry on and have a great life together. So dollar uh, $1.02 is what the, the, the market is.
1: Well, we've already been thinking. I mean, if we don't remarry someone else, we need to remarry each other every few years just because the party's so enjoyable.
0: There you go. Surely, that's, that's a great excuse for a party.
2: Yeah, BP, before we move on to the betting side of things, now, this is not prompted at all, but renewing of vows, <laughs> it's a no-no, isn't it? Like, just have a party.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm talking okay. about. Okay. You just want me to renew my vows so that you get another mention. (laughs) Beaver thinks I personally mentioned him in my vows, which I can assure you I absolutely did not. But let's move on to Super Rugby, which kicks off tomorrow, BP. Have you got some odds for us, not just of the weekend, but who's going to take out the entire competition? Give us some good news.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, let's touch on the game first of all that, that everyone's talking about and we all can't wait for. And, of course, that's the first game of the season. And at this stage, the Crusaders, the are 147 favourites. There has been some good money for them. They do hold around 60, 65% of the hold in, in terms of match result on the Crusaders. But there is also a movement around the Chiefs. Their price keeps moving. It's now 270. Uh, it was a high of sort of $3 plus around this time last week. So there has been some good solid movement for the Chiefs. Uh, and one interesting bet It has certainly been in the exact half-time double market where we've taken a $1,000 on a Chiefs-Chiefs result, half-time, full-time winner at $3.60. That's been one of our bigger bets that's come through today and and a lot of bets on the 1 to 12 as well on the Chiefs.
2: Hmm. I've noticed, as you mentioned, it's. I mean, last week we were talking about a 340 for the Chiefs. Now under 270, the line has shifted only one point. I uh, I really liking it for the Beavers' best tomorrow. A six and a half point start for the Chiefs. Let's let's hope it doesn't move any more. There's a couple of power plays that have caught the eyes already. Uh, McKenzie, yeah, and Takiaho. I honestly think Takiaho is about on the verge of taking this Super Rugby competition by absolute storm. Him and Mackenzie to combine for two tries or more, 450 BP. I like the look of that.
0: Yes, yes. That one has been touched up, and I'll give you another one, and it's involving uh, Takiaho to score the first, second, or third try at $5. So th- th- that could be a nice little play. If you're liking uh, two tries combined there with Takiaho and also McKenzie. maybe he's going to score one fairly early, $5, uh, around first second or third try scorer has been touched up uh in our power plays that, that, that two of our better played power plays in terms of uh the the ones that are uh, well favored both teams have scored ten points in the first half two dollars mm, yeah uh, the, again Good. that's that's been well taken yeah.
2: Yeah, I was speaking to uh, my host from the last two days, and he's got a feeling this could be a high scorer. So you just never know. In the other games, mate, is there is there been money come for anyone in particular? Or I see the Hurricanes shortening up a little.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hurricanes one fifty two. Uh, the other match. Oh look, Blues. Blues are short. Uh, blues and the Hurricanes are well played in head to head markets for Maltese dollar thirty five Blues. Highlanders three twenty. Uh, is that a banana skin game there for the Blues? The Highlanders at home, Mm-mm. or do you think the Blues can get that one done?
2: Curses! Curses! Look at that. Blues loving team. the lineups.
1: Look at that Blues team. <laughs> if they have any problems down here, well, they going to have a hard season?
4: Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> I think what we're seeing here, guys, that uh, the money is telling us that Highlanders uh, could be in for a rough season. Mm. Uh, in terms of uh, all our New Zealand teams, well backed to be outright winner, uh, that they are the, the one team that hasn't sort of had that support uh, in that space. Uh, the Highlanders. The other one is the Waratahs and the Brumbies. Yes. A little bit of money circling around the Waratahs at that two twenty five price. Uh, Brumbies one sixty seven, and we've and we've seen that interest in the the Waratahs one to twelve. I think you were keen on that early in the week, Steve. Yep. Uh, on, on the one to twelve, that's around three fifty. Uh, the lines probably not really an option at this stage. It's only two and a half points at a dollar ninety. But yeah, if you were keen on the Tars, that that three fifty one to twelve is taking some interest.
2: Now, big game tomorrow uh, outside of Christchurch is of course in Wellington. Uh, we don't know if we're going to get cricket uh, for a while, but. The Black Caps—they must be attracting a bit of attention because a team that usually loses in such fashion isn't paying two ninety-five the following week.
0: Yeah, look, this is a hard one, Beef, because of the weather. Um, now, if the game's a short game, which team does that help? Well, you would say the way that England play it, it helps them because they do know how to get on with the run rate. Uh, We've seen a lot of weather betting here around the draw. It's now 3.20. Uh, it was around 4.40, 4.50, the draw. Uh, and, and that's just purely with what's happening. But you're right, 2.95 for the Black Caps. Some saying it could be a little light uh, with what we saw last week uh, at Bay Oval. And, and England are, are really on a rampage with the of their last 11 test matches under uh, Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes. And as I said, the shorter the the format, it may not be a problem because they could be playing on a green seamer anyway. So they might only need three days, or either team might only need three days. But um, yeah, I'd just be wary on that draw betting at this stage because we know how England can play. But at the moment, it's all around the draw. About 65% of our bets in that head-to-head market have been on that option. We have seen some money for Tom Blundell in that uh, boosted option, uh, the top two. New Zealand run scorer, of course, playing at home uh, at the Basin, a, a ground he knows well. $4 is a price that has been taken around that. And we have got Matt Henry in the top wicket-taker for New Zealand, and there's been good money around him at the $5. A little freshen up, come with a little bit of vigour, something to prove. Uh, he, he's certainly taken that that, that $5 price uh, with a bit of interest with punters. And before we leave it, uh, the Football Ferns, they do play against argentina and we've taken a thousand dollar bet uh, on the football ferns to win tonight uh, at a quote of where was it four dollars now that price has actually drifted out to 4.5 uh, we took that this afternoon so around four dollars uh, for the football ferns and don't forget to get on your power predictor for the nrl uh, you can jump on there you can you can put a multi together on who can win top four top eight you get that on before the first round uh, next week, and you'll get yourself a $10 uh, bonus bet, and that'll be a $5 bet or more uh, on the NRL predictor. And so far, we've seen the Cowboys, the Sharks, very popular in the top eight market, and the Panthers in the top four. And a lot of players are looking to put the West Tigers in as grand final winners. We've so so far had our most bets on the West Tigers to be grand final winner, mm, throwing it away.
1: Interesting, very very interesting. Thank you so much for your time, BP. We appreciate it. We'll talk soon.
0: Yep, thanks guys. Thanks, mate.
1: Brendan Popperwell from the TAB Bet Live in your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Do gamble responsibly. It is R eighteen. Well, coming up on the run home, all thanks to McDelivery. We've got James Marshall coming on out of the Crusaders assistant coach, fresh for 2023, ahead of their opening encounter against the Chiefs. This is the run home on ACNZ. Great to have you joining us. And we're very lucky to be joined by the Crusaders assistant coach for 2023, James Marshall, a great friend of the show. Jimmy Ma, thank you so much for coming on, even though I messaged you about two hours ago, because we need to talk super. It is all going down tomorrow. Your first game, official Super Rugby game as an assistant. How is it actually being in with the Crusaders rather than preparing as a player to play against them? What's it been like for you?
5: Yeah, it's, it has been a little bit different this week. Um, first day today going to the captain's run felt like I was going to the g- uh, ground ready to play. It was <laughs> sort of the first time I've had that feeling um, since I retired. But oh, it's been um, an unbelievable environment to be a part of down here and um, thoroughly enjoyed it. But yeah, like you say, really looking forward to tomorrow night. Um, heck of a heck of a game to start off the season with. So Massive. Yeah, pumped.
2: Now, you're talking about being part of the uh, Crusaders now, Jimmy. Uh, when you come to like a Wednesday or Tuesday in a game week, is it like getting the greatest uh, puzzle in the world together, trying to work out how you put 15 on the field? Because, Jesus it looks a great-looking team. <laughs> oh,
6: yeah,
5: it's a it's a hell of a squad, eh? Like, um, even in the pre-season, I remember, like, we were training 15 on 15, and I thought, man, these two teams are good, and then I looked <laughs> over and we had... 15 All Blacks down the other end who hadn't even joined our um, trainings yet, so there's a heap of depth in the squad, but um, yeah, it's definitely selection headaches. Um, it's, it's usually a bit earlier than the Wednesday. It's um, <laughs> always a, almost a week ahead these days, so i um, trying to get the planning with all the All Blacks have to be rested at certain times as mm-hmm. well, so there's a fair bit that goes into the team selection these days with how you can manage um, those all-black rests while still um, making sure you've got a squad that's going to win each game, really.
1: It is unbelievable, the team that you've rolled out for tomorrow. Uh, David Harvelli, going back to fullback, uh, talk to us about the decision around that. And, and how's Will Jordan doing?
5: Yeah, Will Jordan's a tough one. He's He's been training really well, but he's still not quite right. He's still not quite feeling right. Um, not confident around the contact area. Yeah. Um, we don't have a timeline on when he'll be right. So it's just, um, we just have to wait till he gets all clear. But uh, that could be next week, could be not even this season. So it's a hard one for us to plan around. But um, Davey was sort of thrown in at fullback. Um, He wasn't too happy about it, to be (laughs) honest. He he wants to be playing at 12. And we understood that. And we understand why that is as well. So it was a tough decision, tough conversation with him that was had. But, Uh, We don't see it as a long-term
2: thing. We just think it's the best fit for uh, what we're up against this weekend. Did you tell him that you weren't happy about going to 12 originally, but that worked out (laughs) all right, so you just never know?
5: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He loves it now. He loves 12, so um, he considers himself a midfielder. He he refused to go to the outside um, mini-group meeting uh, throughout the week. He's he's still a 12 in his mind, so um, yeah. I think he will be.
2: Now obviously, uh, if it hadn't been uh Havili at fifteen, uh one of the new on the verge of being the next big things is this uh Macca Springer who you'd know well, mate. Obviously he's done enough to get onto the bench and get his debut.
5: Yeah, um I think I spoke to you last time how much I rate Macca Springer Um good good Tasman lad who's <laughs> impressed massively um in the preseason. He's just he's got a natural gift, he's incredibly quick he's he just seems to be one of those players has time so um, we don't see him as a 15 I don't think he quite knows that role enough at the moment so uh, it would be a bit harsh to chuck him back there I think he's a left winger with his big left boot um, but obviously there's a fair bit of competition there with Leicester and the like so um, yeah he'll get a he'll get his chance this year when that is I'm not sure but hopefully he gets a good crack in the weekend and and shows his talents.
1: Now, uh, for this team, we obviously know it's a Rugby World Cup year and so there'll be players and, and coaches moving overseas at the end of the year and it's been documented that for Razor Ray, it is his last dance, Richie Moonga, Sam Whitelock, they're all in that same boat. Has that been talked about doing this season for some of these absolute club legends that you've got around?
5: Yeah, it was mentioned at the start. Um, obviously, it's a massive year for those guys that you mentioned, um, a lot of them so keen to finish off their Crusader careers um, with another victory. So um, everyone wants to do it for them. and um, It's easier said than done, though, isn't it? Everyone, I think everyone in every club sort of has the same goals to win the competition mm. or to send someone off. But um, it's, it's a tough competition, and you only have to look at the team we're facing on Friday night, look at their squad. Man, they've got some talent in their team, and, um, it's going to be a massive clash to start.
1: What do you reckon about those Chiefs?
5: I, I genuinely reckon they've got probably one of the best squads in the competition. Um, they've got depth in crucial positions. They've got—I thought they were really good last year. Um, even watching that game against the Crusaders, as a more of a mutual fan back then, <laughs> um, it was. One they probably should have won. Um, one they probably look back on and think they should have won that one with the amount of tackles they made the Crusaders make. But um, then where they were last year, I feel like they've got better this year watching the pre-seasons. You add in the likes of Mac and a few X-Factor players. I think they've got a really um, strong squad. and It's an I'll amazing team. Not I'm
1: so sorry, James, but... Top the news is going to fire off, so we've got to go. We wish we could keep you longer, but all the very best tomorrow, and thanks so much I'll for coming. It
4: once and I'll say Staying in to watch the
0: sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery Delivery. Rotaflex, world-leading biomechanical
2: design by Blunston Stability meets the freedom to move. Available at participating retailers now. Kick back and relax. It's time for the run home with Kirsten Beave.
1: You're listening to the run home on SENZ. All thanks to Mick Delivery. Great to have you joining us on the program today. Double eight, double three is the number you can text through on the Temper and Post text line, or 0800 150 811 if you want to give us a bell. This is our half hour. Power Hour of Super Rugby. We are going to preview the season. Beve and I are going to pick our finishing order where we think our five New Zealand franchises will finish up by the end of the season. If you've got your finishing order, let us know. Double eight, double three is the number to get in contact with us. We're going to go through all five New Zealand teams, uh, preview how we think they're going to do this year, and we've got a fun little game to play. Play, bench or export we're going to pick the three key players the three (laughs) key stars from each of our five new zealand super rugby teams start one bench one export one to japan and you can play along with us too Beav, without further ado let's rip into it because we've got a lot to get through in the next half an hour and we'll start off with the two teams going head to head tomorrow the crusaders when you look at their team that they've rolled out tomorrow, Beev and they've still got players returning from injury, when you hear uh David Harvelli returning to full bay because they've got Jack Goodhue returning from injury, Brayden Enor in there, they can't find room for a Maca Springer who's supposed to be the next best thing. What do you what do you think when you look at this team? Do you think seven titles in seven years for Scott Robertson?
2: It's it's in the conversation. It's certainly in the conversation. It's a phenomenal team. Oh, I wondered last year whether they could get through it. And considering the injuries they had last year when they lost Joe Moody, um, they had injuries to Barrett or suspensions to Barrett at crucial times. I really doubted them last year whether they could get the job done. And then they had to travel to Auckland in the sold-out Eden Park with all the hysteria floating Mm. around the Blues. Mm. And they just did it. Yeah, easily. And so guys who may not have been All Blacks at the time, like, I mean, if you'd given us Fletcher Newell's name last year, like the starting sheet that we've got now, you go, oh, okay. so They
1: just keep finding these players. They keep producing All Blacks.
2: You got George Bau sitting on the bench here. Even like a Tamaiti Williams, who last year you'd have been probably dismissive of,
1: Mouldy All Black.
2: Now you see him on the bench here, and know that he's going to come on and do a job. So, absolutely, you look at this Crusaders team—the depth. It's funny because they've always had such strong forward packs. You actually always get you—you—you you, you forget the depth and quality they have in the back division, because it's always been. Crusaders will grind you into the ground if they're one full forward pack because they've got 12 of them who have got black jerseys hanging up at home. But you look at this back line, apart from Mitchell Drummond, who's a very accomplished Super rugby player at halfback, they're all all black superstars.
1: Backed up by the one and only Willie former Hines. Eng- English player, so, Willie Hines.
2: So there's no way a team like this doesn't finish, for me, very high up. And if you're going to win this title this year, you're going to have to go through them. I still think. Any
1: weaknesses in this, in this squad, in oh. this Crusaders team? There's no, there's no
2: weaknesses. As I've got such. one. Oh, go on.
1: First year without uh, the All Blacks scrum and forwards coach. There you go. How do they go? He's been there for all six titles that Scott Robertson has been a part of. How different is this team, or is the blueprint already set?
2: Well, you think no, blu- Jason Ryan. You think the blueprint would have been there, well and truly? But you're right. We won't know until this.
1: That's huge. Those two are right-hand men.
2: Because when I say some of these props and that who have come through after the Great eras, and you think, how do they replace them? We didn't know who these were. Well, these guys turned into All Blacks very quickly. Jason Ryan. Jason Ryan. So So we saw
1: how quickly he turned the All Blacks forward pack around.
2: (laughs) A week. Um, So you've got to wonder how big an impact him not being there is going to be. But it's a settled look. There's not too many no fresh faces in that. Oh, there's no weaknesses as such from a personnel point of view. I think there's ways that you can you could probably go about beating them, but you're going to have to be on your game to the nth degree to to go to Christchurch and get the job done or to get them anywhere, really.
1: Underrated players? Any in this Crusader side that could be underrated? To be fair, so many of them fall through the cracks because you just look at a couple of their out-and-out superstars, don't you?
2: No, yeah, not not a whole lot underrated. Um, I mean, you can't be underrated if you're an All Black, but I guess undervalued probably from the outside would be a Harvili. Really.
1: Undervalued?
2: Not internally, I wouldn't think. No. But I would think.
1: Any team would have him. Any
2: team would have him, but they probably don't realise just how important he is to them. And if you took him out, his steadying head, remember, like, how impressive he was in that final! Having mm. Goodhue absolutely did a clinic on RTS and at Eden Park. Mm. Like they were unbelievable that night.
1: And Richie plays well when David Harvey's next to him. Join the dots. Now he doesn't have David Harvey next to him. So interesting what James Marshall said about Will Jordan. And I know I'm going off topic here, but he could be back next week. He could be out for the whole season. I think that is huge.
2: I think it, people who have been around enough and have heard enough about concussions and that and this head scenario, have thought the whole, there's, there's no real timeline on this. That's but crazy. It's the first time we've heard from anyone really inside the Crusaders camp say next week, next month, maybe not maybe this not year. Maybe not ever. So, so David
1: Havili, and we do hope that Will's okay and that 100%. he is back sooner, but David Havili could be spending more time at fullback this year than he, he would to. like. <laughs> <laughs> he would like because he thinks his way to the All Blacks is, is via that 12 role, doesn't
2: he? Absolutely, does. And, and, and to be fair, he's right, because he's not going to... Bodie Barrett will be the 15 at the World Cup. He's not going to upset him. He's not going to upsert... Um, well, I guess Phil Jordan's out, then all of a sudden it does open up a, little, a few things. But there's a lot of depth there. Obviously, McKenzie will cover there too. So, no, he will know in his heart of hearts for him to get to the World Cup, he's going to have to have a bumpy year at 12.
1: Before we move on to the Chiefs, here is our game that we're playing. Start, bench or export? I'm giving you three superstars, three keys to the Crusaders team. You've got a play one, you've got a bench one, and you've got an export one, one that you don't really care about. Here are your three, Beaver. (laughs) Here are your three. Play along at home if you'd like. Sam Whitelock, Richie Moonga, Scott Robertson. Start one, bench one, export one.
2: Well, this is uh, is going to be a contradiction to what I've possibly been saying about the the, uh, head head all-black job, but I'm going to... I'm going to play. Jesus, is tough. I'm going to play Moanga. I'm going to. No, actually, yes, I'll play Moanga. I'll bench White lock and I'm exporting Euros. Rays.
1: Ooh. There we go. Start bench. This is born out. One.
2: This is born out of a, another game. I do believe that you play, but just with different. What do you? What,
1: what is that one called?
2: Uh, something like marry one, sh- sh- shoot one, and I don't know what the third option is. You do with them, but yeah, I've, I have heard. I hope heard you that, weren't
1: playing that at our wedding.
2: Uh, no, no, no. Well maybe, maybe. I don't know. Couldn't tell you after ten.
1: <laughs> oh, play along with us start one bench one export one overseas Sam Whitelock Richie Moonga Scott Robertson are your three keys for the Crusaders we'll move on to Beaver side the Chiefs Beav, when you look at this strengths of this Chiefs side give it to us now
2: Ford Pack Def huge. Ford Pack Def absolutely
1: huge everyone in there you know except George Dyer
2: you'll know who George Dyer is by the end of this let me tell you um Phenomenal him and Ollie Norris of the future of the Chiefs front row, young youngsters. Um ridiculous strength at lock. We've talked about that to uh, nauseam. Um there's an all black not even on that bench. There's another all black and waiting. Josh well,
1: Lord still to come back. Josh as Lord's well. still to
2: come. Um obviously our great friend of the show, Angus is you know, there's no timeline on him again. Not this but, season. Not this season, he's not there, but phenomenal depth. Lose over it. Luke Jacobson, Sammy Kane, and Peter Gus Alcoula, they've got the mix absolutely beautifully Peter right Peter Gus at six. I like not it. Not
1: running off the back of the scrum like we saw for the last few seasons, just running rampant. Oh,
2: but I don't know if that's his greatest strength. I know he's had some success from there, but I don't know if that's his greatest success. The thing that this might free up, if he's not off the back of the scrum, it might mean he's, he's designated a carry... On the next phase, it frees them up for that, and that might be, that might be even more efficient for for the Chiefs. Um, one, it looks like they've settled. Well, when I say settled, the first the first game they they're playing McKenzie. Mm, nineteen glad,
1: combo there. Uh,
2: it's it's a wonderful nineteen combo. If they have got the freedom to play off the back of what should be front football, if they don't have to play the structure religiously, if McKenzie's not told to make sure he hits his pods and all the rest of it, and him and Brad Weber can react to front football, then this has potentially got sizzling connotations all over it. Um,
1: no Quinn to pie, but Alex Nankovall and Anton Leonard-Brown? Yeah, I don't think they'd want to get too
2: many injuries uh, mm. in the midfield, um, and, and in saying that, I don't think they'd want to get too many injuries out wide either. Um, if you're looking for weaknesses, uh, Curse, and, and I'm always objective, even when it comes to the Chiefs, I, if they can afford injuries up front and still be there at the end of the season, but I don't think outside of the number 12 jersey and outwards, they would want to receive any injuries. Because Sean
1: Stevenson, he's going to have a breakout year for you?
2: Yeah, I, I hope so.
1: Consistency he, is what you want.
2: He's finally put a consistent year together From probably the Maldives onwards, he was still in and out of the Chiefs. This this appears to be his Chiefs year. He's going to get, it looks like he's going to get the most love he's had since the Dave Rennie years when he was young. At
1: 15 as well.
4: At
2: 15, which is his best position. He's got a monster boot on him. And another one that's a real heartwarming story is seeing Solomon back. Solomon Alamalu, who uh, was was again came through at the same time as the Stevensons, was going to be a superstar. Didn't quite work out under the uh, change of coaches when Rennie left. Ended up at the Landers. Then had some well-publicised mental health struggles. But seeing him back, starting for the Chiefs, I, I'm first of all glad he's happy, but secondly, he rounds out that back line just beautifully because the other boy on the other wing had a wonderful year last mm. year, It's Nanei Saturu. If he can stay fit and healthy, again, there's no... There's no limit to what these guys can do. But for me, Weber, McKenzie on the back of a dominant forward display. And I'm not saying tomorrow night, because tomorrow night they're going to have their work cut out to be dominant. But in general, they should be able to lay a platform all year long They make sure they're there at the end.
1: OK, uh, well, this is a season preview, and now we move on to your three keys for the Chiefs. You know the drill, beef. The game is start one, bench one, export one to Japan. Here are your three Chiefs players.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
1: Damien McKenzie, <laughs> Sam Kane. Brody Ritalit.
2: This is like putting my three kids up for auction. well um, you would do that. Yeah, we'll you're if, starting live. Yeah, if I got a right price. <laughs> um I will if this is for the absolute success wow, Jeep is success of the Chiefs. Uh I'm starting D I am benching Sam and Brody, you're already gonna Japan so you can go now. Ooh.
1: <laughs>
2: You've Brody often tunes in at about 5 um, yep. Love you guys if you're listening
1: yep. uh, Nick said turn it up Eve the only one who did a number on the Blues in the final last year was Whitelock and the line out forwards
2: Well I don't know I, I distinctly remember two midfielders absolutely <laughs> shutting the Blues down all night long Nick. but yes the, or did the Blues do a job on themselves in, the, in that final and Whitelock of course
1: We move on to the Blues. We're coming up to Auckland. Uh, B, when you look at that Blues team who have, I think, 13 uh, All Blacks as well, only a couple in that forward pack that aren't Cameron Soifour, Kurt Eklund. Backline, All Blacks galore. Every single player, 9 to 15, is an All Black, a current All Black as well. Strengths and weaknesses in this Blues outfit for 2023?
2: Oh, not many. Not many when you just, like, I would say 10 out of the 12 teams in this competition would have said, give me that team right now.
1: What about that Lucy's trio, best Lucy's trio in Super Rugby?
2: It has the potential to be an all-black Lucy's four trio, but, I mean, some will tell you there's a couple of guys in there that the jury's out on still. Mm. And, like, you know, rightly or wrongly, Akira will always face criticism. Um, And, you know, there's... (laughs) Jesus, when they play when I say the Chiefs and the Crusaders, they're lose forward they're gonna be great matchups. Um, but no, on paper, you would be pretty happy if you're a Blues fan, if you are a Kens of the world. I I do wonder about their depth at lock. If Big Patty was to roll his ankle tomorrow at training, I'd be I would think there's potentially concerns. Um obviously Eklund was massively hyped last year. And will want to get rid of that final from his head as soon as he can, but he won't get rid of it until they probably make the final and they and they win, re- win that and they put those demons away. So um, maybe up in that type five, there might be just a few potential potential concerns. But I mean, the backline's sensational. Geez, they've got some points in them. They're gonna the what what you're gonna find with the Blues this year is I think they will put some scores on some teams that no one else is capable of. And then yet when they come to, uh, dare I say it, the Crusaders and the Chiefs, tough, tough it'll going. be tough game for them. I really, I do, I do think because when you look at that backline, when you look at that loose show you mentioned, they are on top of the ground, ready to tear people apart. When it's all going swimmingly, it's just a matter of whether, when the title's going to be won, and you. Is it May and June when it gets to those horrible wintry conditions? If you have to go to Christchurch for a finals game, no or, one likes that. Or, or a, you know, a slippery Hamilton. Um, then, are they going to have the team to do it? I mean, they could well do. They've got a very, Bodie Barrett, very experienced at ten. But I just, I don't know. When compared to the other two teams we've talked about, we're ever going to have it.
1: Well, here is your next trio. Your trio of stars from the Blues. Remember, play one, start one, bench one, export one. Beaver, Roger Tuivasa Shek, Rico Ioane, Bowden Barrett.
4: On
2: a side issue, my spies at Pukekohe last Friday night said Roger Tuivasa Shek yes. was out of this world.
1: Pre season beef. Just saying. Pre season. Just
2: saying. Uh, Bodie starts. Benching Rico and saying that no, I'm, I'm, I'm exporting Your RTS. Your spice
1: can't have been uh, no. that valuable.
2: Actually, my truck driver. My truck oh. driver told me that. He said, "When I watched the uh, preseason game, and he said, RTS, another planet, and big,
1: big. Said, they said big. What kind of big? you he talking bulky? Well, he we said they put some more muscle on the calves. Has he? <sighs> Don't
2: know if there's any more room on those calves. But no, they apparently a couple of the runs were unbelievable. Who did they play? Chiefs. At Porky Bear.
1: Only yeah. just one, didn't they?
2: No, no, Chiefs one. Oh, Chiefs one. Yep. And RTS, for a lot of people, stole the show. Mm.
1: Who was he up against?
2: Uh, oh, it was pretty much full strength. Bodie okay. was about the only one that didn't play. Oh. Yep.
1: Well, all will be uh, revealed when the Highlanders take on the Blues in Dunedin. He should have plenty of time and space with the ball done in Dunedin for the Blues, shouldn't he? We've got the Hurricanes and Highlanders still to come. Uh, we'll have to go to a quick break and then we'll come back. But coming up on the Makers menu, thanks to Delivery, we are in our Super Rugby Power half hour previewing the entire season. Then we'll look at round one with Around the Grounds and tell you what you need to watch for this weekend. We've got a $250 TAB bonus bet voucher to give away today as well. It is huge. We are going to do that a little bit later on. And after six o'clock, we've got Steve Harmon and from a former England fast bowler and now talk sport commentator joining us to pump up the second test in Wellington. That is the Makers Menu. Thanks to Delivery, Delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door.
0: In to watch the sport, let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with Delivery. Rotoflex,
2: world-leading biomechanical design by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Available at participating retailers now. Hold on to your seats. It's the Run Home with Kirsten Beeve.
4: Like
1: yes, yeah, Super Rugby is here, so we thought why not do a half power hour of Super Rugby previewing the season ahead. It all starts tomorrow, of course, down in Christchurch with the Chiefs taking on the Crusaders in what is going to be a gangbuster, blockbuster opening game. Uh, Saturday night, we'll see the Highlanders. First look at the Highlanders' beef. If you look at their team, uh, we already talked to Brennan Popperwell from the TAB. Punters are picking them to struggle a wee bit this season. No Aaron Smith for the first couple of rounds. Uh, of course, new coach this year. No Tony Brown in. But uh, Chris Boyd as a director of rugby. How do you see this Highlanders' season and squad?
2: Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a typical, probably... I mean, in the last sort of decade almost, mm. you know, obviously outside the Ben Smiths and the Aaron Smiths. All it's,
1: the underrated players.
2: It's the, it's the underrated players. It's the guys who are getting a chance at the Landers to start where they wouldn't get a start elsewhere. And so on paper, you look at it and go, by by far and away, the weakest New Zealand team. But to rule out the Landers is uh, going against history. So mm. you'd think you'd think they'll finish last in the New Zealand Conference, but you look at them and you go, you just don't know. They have made a history out of overperforming and if they can get off to a good start, Clark Dermott, he's the sort of character, he's a good solid character, so you are gonna play for him. There's gonna be no internal issues. He's gonna he's gonna run a pretty pretty normal, sort of enjoyable ship, I'd imagine. But there's so many names out there they're gonna have to play wonderful every week. Massive Massive year for Mitch Hunt. Obviously, well publicised. Didn't have his best year last year, but such a such a wonderful character. Whenever we've had him to deal with, him you hope you hope he's able to turn that around, and he can and he can run the Highland as well. There's a, there's enough talent. Nadiki, when he stayed on the field and fit, he was great. Sam Gilbert obviously had a turn at ten last year. He's he's going to be there goal kicking fifteen at the moment. Umanga Jensen, obviously Thomas. uh, and Timu showed enough last year. Well, obviously, halfbacks not an issue. Well, Fakatava and uh, that is remarkable. It is. That Let's, is
1: seriously remarkable that he is back on the field for round one, having foregone surgery and blown his ACL to pieces. How's t- he out there? Well,
2: touch what he touch what he can survive. You look at the pack, and yep, it's not laden with backs but there's a whole lot of guys who get mentioned in passing. You know, six
1: and eight, pretty good.
2: Frisella, Billy Harmon, not bad. Two Billy Harmon, obviously the captain this year. Parkinson and Dixon have yeah. both been mentioned in time.
1: Well, Dixon was part of the All Black squad last year. Remember, he got called up.
2: He was, and De Groot's only getting better. And then you got the evergreen Reese Marshall, who's having a second second stint at life really as a rugby player. So
1: pack, not too bad.
2: No, and you know, as I said, if they can get enough guys over overachieving and overperforming, then it's the landers. It's the landers storyline, isn't it? Getting results that no one gave them yep, a exactly. chance in.
1: Exactly. That is what we know the Highlanders for, the overachieving side uh, that everyone tends to write off at the start of a season. We go back to our game. Start one, bench one, export one to Japan BV for your Highlanders. Here are your three key players for them this season. Aaron Smith, Shannon Frizzell, Ethan DeGroote. Where are you going?
2: Aaron Smith last year was quoted on this station is the most influential super rugby player in the history of the game. So he starts. Uh, he starts for, for me on this one. Um, Ethan De Groot, they can't do without him. So he's benched for me and they can't do without Shannon Frizzell. But I'm sorry, Shannon Frizzell, you're getting exported. They need him. <laughs> they need him. <laughs> they too. need him. That
1: pack doesn't look as powerful without <laughs> a Shannon Frizzell in there. <laughs> they
2: haven't quite got as many as everyone else.
1: Oh, he loves Highlanders and he loves Dunedin, doesn't he? Uh, Shannon Frizzell he has a big year uh, back in All Blacks contention it is a big big year uh, and there's a number of these Lucy's that'll be on the fringes he, is he in your squad right now before the season starts
2: Getting the World Cup yep. yeah, Fezellas, yeah he's
1: there yep. he is there for Beaver uh, we've got news in sport when we come back we'll rip through the Hurricanes 2023 season re- preview will be peace when you
4: are done Lay to rest don't you cry no more
1: Are you ready? It is our fifth and final team for Super Rugby 2023, the 28th season. It is upon us. The Hurricanes are heading away for their first match of the year to Australia. And if we take a look at their squad, Beave, of course, the regular names that have been in this lineup for the best part of a decade, your Dane Coles, your Artie Saviers, Julian Savier back, of course, your Geordie Barrett, and a few new names as well. How do you assess this squad?
2: It's a funny one. When we're doing this uh, process, I looked at the Hurricanes and thought, this could go two ways. These guys could be the big improvers this year in the New Zealand Conference. They really could. They start to look to have a little bit more to that forward pack than they have for quite some time. And I don't know if it's just the name Owen Franks is there, Mm. but we all know where Terrell Lomax now sits in the world and, Mm. and, and, and where he's taken his game to. There's a guy called Peter Larkay starting at seven for them this weekend ahead of, ahead of, debut. Ahead, of a, ahead of a guy who's been one of their mainstays in Dubsi Carifia over the last you know multiple years. So all of a sudden you just start to look at them and go, that's actually there's a bit too pack And it goes without saying, Adi mm. Xavier. So I'm, I'm torn on these guys because I I honestly think they could have a year where they maybe challenge, properly challenge. Or they could have a year where them the Highlanders are, are scrapping it out at the bottom. The one thing that hasn't changed is the question mark at 10.
1: Yes, you, you've you always questioned uh, who would be at 10. They recruited uh, a couple of players, but they're all injured at the moment, B. Yep. Ruben Love's out injured. Uh, who was the other? Brett Cameron. Brett Cameron, uh, he's out injured as well. So they've got a debutant covering from the bench, Harry Godfrey, Aidan Morgan, the only fit one available to start at 10. That doesn't answer any questions.
2: No, it doesn't. mean, Aidan Morgan, to be fair, was... As part of the throw the balls up in the air and see which ones lands. One of three. Yeah, one of three. So he he's gets, got it. He gets first crack at it, and I tell you what, as I said, he like, might
1: keep it if he does well. He
2: might keep if they win. He keeps it. There's no doubt about it because none of the other two, I think, would have done anything enough to say that they demand selection.
1: Your future All Black uh, nine has demanded selection.
2: Yeah, yeah, and he he to me could be this this season's big mover. It really could be. No, how was that? Cameron Royguard, uh, the county's halfback, who's been down to the Hurricanes now. I think this is, might be a sturge year, but with TJ's injury, for it's certainly the first part of Super Rugby. He has some clear air, and it's his time, his team. You know, from from the mine point of view, and you know, knowing the little bit that I do about the young fella, he he will not be overawed by this. It, it'll be his. He'll be have been waiting for this since the moment he turned <laughs> turned eighteen, sort of thing. Because you look at the rest of the back line, we know how good Geordie is now at twelve. And does that does that help the ten situation? Having Geordie there at twelve. Geordie another year older, another turning in from what you hear around the Hurricanes, a genuine proper leader. So maybe maybe whoever is in that ten jersey is gonna be a lot calmer with that influence out there. But for all in all, as I said, Hurricanes fans I think have got reason to be optimistic. As I said, this is a squad that Although they're not laden with all blacks, have got a few all blacks who are absolutely the best all blacks you can find. And then they've got guys who are coming through who are taking who are raising the level. And as I say, you've still got yeah, I mean, we only mentioned Dane Coles. If Dane Coles stays on the field, that means Armour's on the bench. That's a wonderful little hooker combination. And to be fair, Dane Coles might play just forty minutes on uh when they playing? Saturday night. And you bring him on for 40, and that might happen all year.
1: Good to see Dane Coles out there. Final season for the Hurricanes, final season of rugby. He's he's obviously declared great to see him Absolutely. back out there and that those hopefully those calves and, and Achilles stay good as well throughout the season.
2: Yeah, so for me, oh, they could be this country's big improvers.
1: I'm looking forward to see Peter Lucky yes. in action at this at level. Seven. Yeah, at seven. So they've shuffled him around a little because they want him to play.
2: Yeah, and I guess that the fact that he's seven, does that mean they don't have a a genuine fetcher on the ground? But then again, Adi Savia is what some would call a genuine seven playing eight, and we all know he is the king of a turnover. So they probably don't lack anything there by having Lakai at seven. Devin Flanders, highly rated. Guys like Principal on the bench and and what have you. So, no, as I say, those in the capital, I think there's a reason to be quietly, just quietly hopeful. But, jeez, we'll talk about it later, but they've... They've got a tricky start.
1: Well, uh, final game for you to play. Start one, bench one, export one to Japan, be your three stars, your three keys to this hurricane side. You know what's coming and you know what to do. Artie Savia, Geordie Barrett, Dane Coles.
2: Start Geordie. Bench Artie and
1: You're benching Artie?
2: Yeah. Well, you've given me three pretty impossible—that's the game. Possible questions. And Dan Coles, is, and I—he was the first one I selected because I wanted him to get a retirement retirement fund. I know he's you're just retiring. Him. I'm, I'm going to say, Koz, go to Japan and get a fortune up there. This is a very tough game to play, by the way.
1: <laughs> he won't be happy with that. <laughs> Steve, he, he's not going to like like your excuses that you're making around here. Uh, that is our game done and dusted. But. For the final time, uh, this is our Super Rugby 2023 prediction, our finishing order. We did it last year. I beat Beave, of course, because he picked the Chiefs to finish top, followed by, I believe, the Blues and then the Crusaders, or the other way around. Uh, This year, we're doing it again, one to five, how we think our New Zealand Super Rugby clubs are finishing. We'll start off, five, who have you got? Landers. Landers for me, Four. Don't go against everything you've just said, B. Blues. Oh, ouch. Blues four, I'm going Hurricanes. B. is going the Blues to finish fourth in New Zealand. Third. Hurricanes. Blues. Second. Crusaders. Chiefs. First, that only leaves two teams uh, left. The Chiefs. You're, you've got the Chiefs winning and I've got the Crusaders and Scott Robertson going seven from seven.
2: Yeah, I, I, we'll forgot, see you I in, forgot you in spent June. so much time in Christchurch. Uh, <laughs> it's a Chiefs Crusaders final, yeah. You know. It's a
1: Chiefs Crusaders final. And uh, what, what does the winner get this time around?
2: It's been a long time since I had that slice of yours, so mm. you just keep it coming.
1: Okay, i have some scallops in scallop season no nah. <laughs> well they won't
2: be <laughs> fresh they'll be out of the freezer I'll get, well, I'll get you some white I'll have
1: whatever you're offering yeah, I'll give you some whatever you wa- you're offering uh, that is our finishing order what about you where do you think these New Zealand sides will finish Double eight, double three. but it is time to get on the phone line call us up on the Makita New Zealand phone line 0800 eleven. guess what it's time we're playing our monster game the whopper drive to survive for $250 all thanks to our friends at the TAB get on the phone line, get in the pen. There's only ten spots. If you don't get in fast, you'll miss out. So grab the phone, call us up. We're playing Drive to Survive right after this.
4: This
2: is 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 Drive to Survive.
1: survive. I can't believe you held this for me, babe.
2: What the two fifty game?
1: The two fifty game.
2: Yeah, we thought it was a wonderful way to welcome you back.
1: What a present! What a treat.
2: It doesn't get much better than that. I tell you what.
1: You can't get it to 300.
2: I'm going to add some more suspense here because we actually haven't got the questions written out here, guys. Um, Can we sort this? Uh, Oh, it's next to me. Okay. (laughs) As Uh, our
1: producers shake their head.
2: I'm just adding. I knew it was. I'm just adding to the suspense for those on the line dreaming of having 250 in their account by the weekend to put it all on the Chiefs in Christchurch. 250 times by 270, hmm, that's a whole lot of money, curse Whole lot of money you could ch- turn that into if you back the Chiefs. Someone who I know will be all in on the Chiefs is Luke from Dunedin. Or is he all in on the Landers to cause a boil over? Luke, how are
0: we? Oh, yeah, good. I, I do like the Chiefs. And, uh, Island, what's the point start in the Highlanders game?
2: Funny enough, I am a little bit the same on the point start. I think the Landers under Dooms might come out and play with a bit of spirit there on opening night and uh, just ruffle up the Aucklanders enough that that point start will get them home. Anyway, we're on the verge of, I guess, history. I think you're actually a former 250 game winner, Luke, so you've got a lot of experience, a lot of experience when it comes to these (laughs) big nights. Tell me, former All White. Tyler Boyd is set to join which MLS Club?
0: LA Galaxy.
2: LA Galaxy. The question that tripped up us last night, which meant we're playing for 250 today. Question two, lap one, where is the second Black Caps versus England test being played? I'm gonna
4: agree
1: over. Frontline oh tire. Luke yeah, Oh Luke in a shred. That Luke, was too easy to miss From
2: you Luke uh, A veteran of the 250 games It just shows That even the greatest And most celebrated Drive to Survive winners On this show Can feel the pressure When 250's on the line We'll now go to Christchurch Greg Greg how are we? Very good
0: Very good babe Yep
2: Mate, tell I'm me... I'm not putting money on the Chiefs. Well, you can put 250 on it if you get on a roll here, and I know you will. <laughs> never.
0: <laughs> never. I would never. we will throw my money away.
2: <laughs> Unfortunately, we cannot hear Greg anymore. No, just joking. Where is the second <laughs> Black Hats versus England test being played?
4: Basin reserve. It is the
2: Basin reserve. Luke will be listening to that absolutely kicking himself. Question three, lap one, on our way to 250. What was the score of Man City's first round of 16 tie against R.B. Leipzig.
6: 1-1.
2: 1-1. And, Producer Jacob, people don't respond to that question so easily if they don't know exactly what I just said. Yeah, no, nah, you, you're a master of the English tongue. <laughs> <laughs> question four, let one. What position will Bodie Barrett be playing against the Landers?
4: Oh. his engine has blown
2: Craig, Craig I thought that was a sitter too uh, sh- well it was not, it's like a yes no almost so this is almost 50% so Ed from Tolaga Bay or Auckland Ed, where is Bo- right. where's where is Body Barrett playing for against the Landers? number 10 he's playing number 10 there he is lap 1,
7: done and dusted
4: hey Kirstie hey, yes. congratulations Best. Luckily you didn't have
7: a, uh, have, a, have a wedding on the coast or you would have had a tea towel at the back of the Brian's the kitchen there,
4: cousin. <laughs> we well, wouldn't have had one. I'll well,
2: tell you what, Ed, you brought the coast to the deep south because we had a bit of cream power and uh, crayfish. It was beautiful. Oh, you lucky
4: girl. <laughs> too much.
2: <laughs> and i tell you what, two fifty could be too much for Ed's account too if we carry on here. Lap two, question one. Who holds? This is an outrageous question. Good quality. Who holds the national men's discus record?
4: Um, somebody O'Connor. His oh. engine has blown.
3: Ooh. oh! It said, it's "Hold for, on." That's for two fifty. Okay. No, he answered. He said, "Someone called." Yeah, no, he I got mean, he close. Said, hold, on. hold on, hold on, No, you
1: can't do that. Yeah. Uh, good Jacob's on you, Jacob. Brutal.
2: Jacob, I, I had it's
3: noticed It's because he's
1: putting up with beef, so he's just ruthless Jacob
3: is a bit grumpy today, I've I I've seen say. him three times this week yeah.
2: <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> go back to Waiuku <laughs> uh, Alex
1: has sent him out of the house Yeah, <laughs> I know,
2: go Alex, please, take him back <laughs> We now drift off into Hurricanes territory Who may or may not have a good year I don't know, I couldn't work it out But someone who could have a great day is Lammy Lammy, how are you?
4: Oh, good mate, good Congratulations
1: Kirsty on your marriage Thank you, Lammy Let's get you some it's money,
2: like eh? Lemmy, oh, tell well, me, who yeah. holds the national men's discus record?
4: To be honest, I don't know, so I'm just going to go, oh, I don't know, David Solomon or something His like that. His engine has blown.
2: Oh, this is this is proving to be an absolute... This br- is a blockbuster. It is a blockbuster. It should have been a lap 3 shouldn't it? Uh, I'm not going to tell you guys how to do your job. You don't tell me. Uh,
6: Brett from <laughs> Huntley, how are you? Uh, Yep, we're not too bad. Congrats,
1: Kirst. Thanks, Brett.
2: Uh, Wonderful to get the Cheerios from all the great listeners here, Kirst. Tell me, Brett, lap two, question one. We're charging. Well, we're actually stuttering to 250 right now. Who holds the national men's discus record?
6: I think Ed was on the right track, Connor Bell. Oh, you were.
2: You were. And there's a few producers in the box absolutely praising Brett from Huntley here. Now we're up to question two. The LPG and PGA Tours have announced a mixed tournament later this year. When was the last mixed tournament played? Clue? It was called the JC Penny Classic.
0: So are you after a year?
2: Oh, just after a year, mate. Uh,
6: 2008.
1: His engine oh, if anyone's going to know the golfing ones. I
2: know. It's, it's right in Brett's world. I tell you what, I'm going to take one more and we're going to go... I'm only going there because this is where the Chiefs are based and having a nice chicken pasta right now. It's Kenny in Canterbury. How are Good G'day, good, mate. So you're going to put this two fifty on the Chiefs, no doubt. Tell me the PGA and LPGA. a chart. <laughs> Jeez, they're quite sharp on that response.
1: Dollar forty seven. <laughs> How much can you turn that
2: into? Bugger all. LPGA tours have announced a mixed tournament later this year. When was the last mixed tournament played? Clue: It was called the JP Clenny Classic or the JP <laughs> JC Penny Classic. Oh
4: wow! <laughs> I have a
1: feeling
0: it was quite a while ago. Was it? Was it 1999?
1: 19-9? Oh, Kenny. That was the JC Kenny classic. Kenny, after what Beep just said, you're beautiful. on
2: file. Now you got to tell me who won the JC Penny classic. Just one name will do.
6: Oh, uh,
2: mixed tournament. Well, mixed tournament. Uh, remember who was big in '99? An icon. Icons. Both icons. Oh, uh, do I have to name both
4: of them?
2: Yeah. Well, it's, it's a 250 game.
4: We need an answer.
1: We need an answer, Kinney.
4: Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. His engine has blown. And we jackpot.
1: What a game. What a game of drive to survive the drama from not having the questions that were sitting right next to beef to not being able to give it away. <laughs> $250 was sitting there waiting for someone to put their hand out, put their pocket out and their TAB account and say, I'm here, I want it. Now a jackpot's beef. It gets even bigger.
2: Yeah, so that JC Penny Classic, um, the winners of that. So, just so you know, come Monday, you got to find the two names. They are both iconic. The young producers only knew one of them was iconic but the the woman aspect of that mixed combination was like the big superstar of... There was two big superstars. One was a glamour, and this one was the one that won a lot. 1999. 1999.
1: The year before
2: the world was supposed to blow up.
1: Go and look it up. Mm. Monday.
2: You'll know both the names as soon as you see them.
1: Your first question on Drive to Survive.
2: Cursed! I was a little bit, a little bit late into the office this afternoon, uh, and I and I told you why. I was getting styled. Yes, I know it's a contradiction for anyone that's seen me uh, in person. Uh, not a, not a word that's usually associated uh, with myself. The word style, but it's. Uh, it's something coming up again TV land for me and Izzy Ooh. And uh, we had to get styled uh, Izzy's getting done in Christchurch of course He wasn't with me today But quite a weird experience uh, Having the shop attendant who became my stylist And the lady from the studio that we're doing all our TV shows for Coming and analysing me Never before have I ever felt like such a piece of meat in my life Curse. Oh, I'm sure you have I don't know about that Or I haven't been aware that I was being assessed as a piece of meat I literally would emerge from the changing lockers there Into uh, Newmarket Barkers uh, With a different t-shirt, a different suit on And literally just get looked up and down A few few observations Um, The first one, which I know you'll love um, Came from the Barkers lovely lady She said, you're like my dad Black doesn't work on you (laughs) Uh, first of all, she didn't look that young for me to be the same generation as her dad. So I was a little bit insulted oh, there. Uh, also, I actually have a lot of black options in my wardrobe. So does that mean I've got to throw them out? The fact that I was actually wearing a black t-shirt when I walked into your shop. Should have maybe kept that opinion to herself. Um, and then this is the one that will really uh, sit well with you guys, is because of some of the nature of some of the stuff me and Izzy are going to be doing in France, we were getting dressed in tuxedos as well today.
1: Ooh. Black? Or does Bla- that not suit you? No,
2: a black apparently is okay in a tuxedo form for me, even though I harshly got told it doesn't work usually. <laughs> um, but the the real kick of it, I know you guys will really, really appreciate, is when working out if it worked for me, Daniel Craig was the point of reference in Bond. Yes, they were trying to somehow draw comparisons to me And one of the most beautiful men alive.
0: S-E-N-Z.
1: Oh, you don't mind the look comparison to Daniel Craig, even though the age comparison, (laughs) yeah, uh, is a bit off. Well, You know how old the one and only James Bond Daniel Craig is?
2: Well, I don't know if the shop attendant knew how old one Stephen Donald was when he walked in.
1: Well, she thought you were the same age as her grandfather.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, Dad. (laughs)
1: How old was said shop assistant?
2: She had to be late twenties.
1: Okay, so we're talking fifty.
2: Yeah, yeah, or yeah, maybe rough. yeah, uh, maybe. early start of fifty. Yeah, well, I guess back then.
1: Maybe maybe around that age. Yeah.
2: Mm.
1: And how did you walk out feeling uh, after you were emasculated and measured and nipped and tucked? How did you feel? After the whole experience.
2: Uh, Ironically, after having a whole lot of clothes on the entire time, I felt naked walking out because I'd just been analysed and pulled apart. Again, in a real, real turn of fate, and one of the sickest twists that could have happened is my long-term manager and uh, friend walked in towards the end of it.
1: To look for themselves or to come and save you? He was just
2: shopping. No, no, no. He didn't know I was there. He was just shopping. Uh, You mean Simon Porter? Simon (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) Porter. Porter was hilarious. And and
1: much to his delight, what what Uh, was the interaction like? He
2: just said, fine salmon. Looks real good in salmon. Oh. Uh, Which obviously would be the furthest thing from what I was after. But uh, the other thing about it all is I didn't actually have an option in anything that was going in my collection. Uh, So what
1: did you walk away with? Other than a black tuxedo and no black clothing?
2: No, everything. Like T-shirts, polos, shorts. Um,
1: Were you wearing any of it? Apparently. Outside of France. France?
2: Well, I hope I get invited to a few more weddings now because I'm really set up for that.
1: You've got everything. I
2: know. You've got and everything some,
1: you need. Some, you should have done this a week ago. I, I, know,
2: I know. I would have been best dressed. Um, red carpets, <laughs> like the, the shop attendant was going, oh, you'll be set up for red carpet stuff. And I was like, uh, yeah, look. You're looking
1: at yeah, you're yeah. looking at me? <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> don't really go along too many red carpets. Um, Next year's Halbergs? I've only been to one Halbergs, and that was uh, the, the... The Laureus Awards? The, again, I don't think I'm getting invited back to the Laureus. I
3: don't think... You could be S.E.N.Z's man on the ground.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> this is what Beaver's trying to tell us. He actually needs the invitations now because he's up for it.
2: Well, I was wondering, with, uh, is there some sort of uh, drive show awards? Like... We have them every week. Even they, Well, I mean, we do, but, like, nationally, internationally, for us to, like, have oh, to right. go, you you go to the radio awards. You the radio awards? are yeah. I'm kidding up. They're coming up, actually. Surely we surely very have, loose. Surely our beloved listeners have nominated us for a few awards. You'd like to think so. <laughs> well, if they have not no one else will.
1: <laughs> well, you're set. You're wearing your, your salmon suit.
2: I did not walk out with any salmon. <laughs> salmon? It was, it was plain. She goes, do you... She goes, do you want to try this one? I said, it's a little bit fruity for me. A lot of flowery options. And I said, <laughs> Perfect. I said, just, just keep, this, keep the colours solid. And uh, then they're like, hmm. And so I think this blazer will work real good with these T-shirts. And I said, do I look like the sort of guy that can pull off a T-shirt and a blazer over top? Never once run that combination. She said, you will be in France.
1: Can you imagine uh, what Israel Dag walked out with? <laughs> oh, I know. His Louis loafers is matched with his salmon shirt. And well, that's, that's <laughs> have, you, I, that, have you guys compared the wardrobes? Because he'll be wearing everything <laughs> that they left you behind.
2: That's what I said to the shop attorney. I said, this is wonderful. Like You've just completely done my wardrobe for the next you know, 10 years here. And then I thought to myself about Izzy. Izzy, be looking at this stuff. Go, oh, this is my gardening stuff. I've got my Louis Vuittons, loafs and all over shop.
3: There's pool gear. <laughs> yeah, let's clean the <laughs> pool gear.
2: <laughs> well, I once I once did a show where as he showed up with Louis Vuitton to do some painting. So I'd hate to think what he'd do when he dresses up.
1: He really will blend in in France, though. Won't oh, he? Oh, will he ever? Uh, he stands out like a sore thumb wherever he goes in New Zealand, but <laughs> he will blend in with those fashionistas in France. And I dare say he won't be wearing the clothing that you got today. No,
2: dear. I say there'll be
1: an upgrade on that. Um, <laughs> when is the show happening?
2: Uh, We're off in April. Yes, and I think what's the
1: itinerary? Jeez, you're lucky, aren't you? We land in Paris. You are a globe (laughs) trotter, V.
2: We land in Paris. uh Are
1: you ever in New Zealand?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you're listening to it. Uh, We land in Paris, and then we jump on a train, and we stop in uh, Toulouse to see. (laughs) Who do you know there? uh, the one and only Jerome.
1: Yeah. Oh no. And
2: then oh after no. catching up with him, we literally camped in the south of France for the next three or four weeks.
1: How horrible! No,
2: it is work. And oh, we're Honestly, awful. honestly, I have this conversation with my wife, and I had to have it. And with, she doesn't believe you. And either. I have it. And, had to have and it with that's why you've been out of the house
1: for three days. <laughs> I
2: had to have it with Vizzy's wife the other day too. It is a horrible looking schedule. from a oh, work point of view. Terrible. Big Sounds days. Absolutely Big awful. Days.
1: Getting on a train to the south of France. <laughs> Can you take me? Maybe I can fit
2: in your carry-on luggage well, kinda. I, was, I didn't want to use the joke myself, but <laughs> yes, it's possible.
1: <laughs> Self
3: deprecating art. Take a the show there, too. I've never been. Love to
2: go. Well, funny enough, a lot of the places we're going to, I've I've never been, I've done your stereotypical South of France holiday, your nieces and the Saint um in Tebes and all that sort of Where character. Where are the
1: places that you don't go? Well
2: we going kind of to centra- we're gonna centr oh. we're gonna We're gonna some we're gonna some we're staying at some joint that apparently hosts like it's famous for who it hosts and stays at. and there's actually a dress code for the hotel. So that's why you're we, not going to get in. No, that's why we're giving us all of this stuff because we've got to like, unless you are at the pool, you are not to be in shorts.
1: You've got. You've like been in your Daniel Craig suit. Yeah,
2: like it's in April, and I'm supposed to be walking through the foyer in, uh, in blazers and pants. Yeah, it's going to be hot out, it's especially in the south of France. I know. But apparently, the best thing about it is uh, the nightclub, where it's the most famous nightclub in all of France. The owner absolutely loves his footy, and he can't wait for me and Izzy to lock it down with him in their caves.
3: Yeah, I was, oh. I was wondering if there was going to be a rugby connection to this trip. Or there's is not it just, really. There's not? There's oh, not okay. really. Mm. Interesting. You'll
1: get all the spots ahead of the Rugby World Cup,
4: though.
2: It's a Bit of a travel guide, actually. Oh. So when you're planning your next over, overseas expedition, uh, just just watch what Izzy and Beef do in the south of France. No, I will be. Yeah, yeah. We
4: all will be.
1: <laughs> we'll all be watching with great interest to see if you two make it out alive. Uh, this is The Run Home on ECNZ. all thanks to Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Still plenty more to come in the final hour of the show. We have... Former England fast bowler Steve Harmison coming on the programme very, very shortly. We've got the instant replay a little bit later on as well and we will whip around the grounds, all thanks to PGG Rights and Turf. That is the Macca's menu, thanks to Delivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Well, Beg, we've been trying to put these first test demons to the back of our mind because the Black Caps have a chance at redemption with the second test starting at the Basin tomorrow. And joining us to talk about it. Legendary English cricketer and now talk sport commentator, right here in New Zealand, Steve Harmison. Steve, welcome into the program. Thank you very much for coming on. How are you today?
7: I'm not bad. Just obviously, it looks as though we've brought the rain with us from from the obviously northeast <laughs> of England, but nothing much we can do that. We had a good week in Mount Monganui, both on and off the field. Obviously, the weather was great as well. So, fingers crossed, we get well a start start to play um, tomorrow and hopefully the rain will stay away.
1: Well, obviously, you've got plenty to cry about, but for uh, us Kiwi fans, we've got a little bit of work to do. What changes do you think the Black Caps need to make to turn it around in just a matter of days? What would you do? Uh,
7: Yeah, I'm not so sure. It's it's a difficult one. You've got England are in such such ridiculous form at this minute in time. Um, It was a surprise that Tremble didn't come back into play when... Uh, in Mount Monganui, when he was literally five minutes down the road, I thought that was a, a strange decision because he would have made a difference. Um, obviously, Matt Henry are likely to come back in, um, probably at the expense of Kugelheim, but I think it's more of a mindset, the mindset shift that the Kiwis need rather than something like, like personnel. When you look at the way England play and the sort of positive approach that they've got, um, and the pressure that they're relentlessly put on the position, opposition. I think it's it's about that side of the game, the need to get better rather than the, whoever the pick 1-11. Because I thought in, in the first innings, especially, in Mount Morgan, the, the bowling wasn't up to the task in England. It didn't take much for England to put them under pressure. Second innings, I thought England bowled, batted better, uh, against better bowling from New Zealand. But still, I think if if they were really, really hypercritical, I don't think the bolt as well in the second and end either. So I think it's a sort of mentality shift rather than the actual personnel coming in because England at this minute in time, if you give them off like a sniff, they are very, very ruthless and the, they put the pressure right back onto the opposition.
2: Steve, obviously as New Zealanders, we're trying to look for miracles <laughs> and try and uh, think how's this getting turned hmm. around. A few people have been, and I guess a little bit's been coming out of the Black Caps themselves, of mentioning the fact that it'll be a different game going from pink to red. Uh, as a former fast bowler yourself, uh, do you buy into that?
7: Um, quite possibly, but I think if you listen to Broad and Anderson before the pink ball test, they didn't. They, they seemed as though they didn't enjoy bowling with the pink ball. They weren't having the pink ball concept of the game, and if they got a chance to you know, make a change. They wouldn't bowl with a pink ball. And <laughs> you've seen what damage they did when they didn't enjoy it. So, Jimmy's forty-year-old, gone to number one in the world in the bowl in the world ranking. So, I think no matter what he's bowling with—red, white, sky blue, pink—who cares with Jimmy Anderson? He's quite keen on whatever whatever he's bowling at this minute in time because he's in ridiculous form. So, I think the red ball will make a difference. But looking at the pitch yesterday and seeing that. It's been undercover for for basically the whole time we were there yesterday afternoon and today. I think both bowling units will enjoy bowling on this with 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 whichever ball that they come with. I think Jimmy would make a football talk on that pitch that that they've they've got on at the minute. So when you when you look at it, it's going to be difficult for batsmen, um, which probably will bring New Zealand more into play. More difficult for batsmen to sort of play their shots, but. I think um, I don't really think the colour of the ball is going to make a difference if New Zealand don't put it in the right area for consistent periods of time and stay patient with the way England go and play, then, then I think it's going to be difficult for them.
2: Mate, you mentioned Broad and Anderson throughout there, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if I think back to the last Ashes Tour in Australia, those two were very much... Even barely used, weren't they? They weren't. It was almost like the writing was on the wall then. So much has been made about the Bears resurrecting the the batting attitude, but even the bowling seems to have uh, come on leaps and bounds.
7: Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. What we what we had, I spoke to Broden and Anderson, obviously yesterday for for our channel, a uh, lunchtime filled during during our coverage, and the thing that the question I was. Desperate to ask them. I've asked them personally away from it, but <laughs> a lot happens in sides in international teams where they say like a natural succession and what's our succession plan two years down the line? And it seemed as though we were trying to sort of plan for something that we were never going to get to and not picking our best team. And we, we thought, I think we tried to reinvent the wheel in Australia and I think we tried far too much. Um, and we did it in India as well. We picked we picked three seamers, and in in, four seamers in India in the Ahmedabad test for the lights. And we got beat before the lights turned on. So, you know, <laughs> these things happen um, from an English point of view. And all Ben McClellan and Ben Stokes has gone, um, we're going to pick our best team for the next test match. And no surprise, two of our best bowlers are Broad and Anderson. And that succession that England were trying to strive for during the, uh, before the Ashes, during the Ashes and subsequent after. It's like, well, you're trying to leave out or you're trying to look beyond two blokes who are actually still better than anything we've got. And I think that's why McCollum and Stokes have gone predominantly with Anderson, um, but Broad's been in there as well. So and it's great to see them still, still playing. 15 years to do, they took, uh, 15 years to the test, they took mine and Hoggy's place. You know, and they came in, <laughs> the first test matches a pair, possibly. This could be quite possibly, I think it'll be quite possibly the last ever test match to play away from home together, Um, which will be, because I don't, you've got to remember England's next away test is not until next January in India, Um, so for them to play together in that series, I think it will be quite difficult, Um, but they've got this test match, they've got the Ireland test match, and then I can see them being heavily involved in the Ashes.
2: Mate, looking forward to this one, and you've mentioned the weather, uh, the English Travelling Barmy Army obviously adds so much to the tours of New Zealand and, and all around the world. They're in Wellington in full cry, I hear, sold out, if we can get any uh, get any action in the first couple of days.
7: Yeah, sold out, it was great. You know, the Barmy Army, I've been with them for, I was with them last night, um, and they're in good voice, uh, <laughs> they're here in good numbers. and. To be fair, we I think if we get three days' worth of cricket, there will be a result. Um, and if the other two gets rained off, well, there's no doubt they'll enjoy themselves in <laughs> the bars around Wellington. So that's fine. They're on a holiday, so they'll enjoy whichever way um, it comes. They just want to see their, their cricket team again and play in a positive fashion. And there's no doubt the boys will do that. Um, so if they can get three, three and a half days of cricket, we might still see a, a result, of, try to be a forced result by um by both captains because i think Tim saudi as well will try and do everything they possibly can to get a result because there's no test championship points on on offer um and i think both i, I think both captains are quite uh, forward thinking to try and get to a, an end result and whoever wins obviously plays the best cricket and the bar we will sing play the trumpet and you know drink merrily while they're there <laughs>
1: Steve, you've obviously uh, been enjoying all that Wellington uh, has to offer, which Beaver's done on many, <laughs> many occasions. How's the hospitality been while you've been in New Zealand and what's the best thing about your trip so far?
7: It's been fantastic, to be honest. Yeah, you know, The drive down from Mount Monganui was beautiful. Um, it really was. We had a night out the night before in, um, up there and my co-pilots, two co-pilots who... We're supposed to stay awake for the seven hour journey to try and keep me awake <laughs> they're doing the whole thing we were they slept for six hours so that wasn't ideal but it's been it's been it always is great hospitality to, to come to new zealand it's just a pity it's so far away <laughs> for us in england um but we've all on we've all enjoyed ourselves and um we're just staying down the road from i think the featherstone where the barmy army are based and popped in there last night they were in full force and we were there the night before before the barmy army got there we had some nice food and, and the music the playlist was fantastic so i just think it's going to be a good week and unfortunately you are have to put our coats on um and i've got me hat and a hat and scarf for me as well for some reason things that will be needed i wore it to the airport in england on the way to the to the airport to get here and i thought the only time i'll wear it again is about come back when i come home <laughs> from the airport well, I might need my big coat, hat, scarf, and gloves in Wellington over the next few days, so I'm pleased I packed them. It'll be—it's going to be a great occasion, once again, and, and and fingers crossed the two teams won't let us down. Mm.
2: Well, Steve, if there's a city in this country that can remind you of the UK, it is Wellington on a bad day, isn't it, Kirsten? Oh,
1: what a great city! <laughs> what a great place! Thank you so much for your time, Steve. We really appreciate it.
7: No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Thank Steve. you.
1: Listening to the run home with Kirsten Beave, all thanks to Mick Delivery. It's been so good having your company today. And how good was it getting Steve Harmison, the absolute legend, the hero of the Ashes series, on the show, Beave?
2: Yeah, it was brilliant. Um,
1: he's got a good chat on him. He's got great. He's obviously chat. been uh, what's uh, Courtney Place. He's obviously seen a bit of Courtney Place while he's been here, he does and a bit that, of the Mount as well. He
2: does get that vibe off. Yeah, I got him, don't good yeah? vibes off him um, because. I think mean, I do remember, he looked like he was front and centre when they did those pretty big-time celebrations for the Ashes back in the day, the open-top bus. Him and Freddie Flintoff mm. and, and Peterson. The Featherston, which one's that?
1: Featherston? Mm. You know, don't know. It must be a pump and bar that all that barmy army crew's at. Is that the one down by the water? Is that closer to...
3: The Max Bar? Is that what you're talking
4: about? The in Wellington 5th, This is or? what he was talking about. Yeah, no, do you they... mean
3: it's near the Max Gold Bar in Wellington? Well, I was
4: almost
1: like, oh, it's, it's
2: not that one that's just up from the base and the uni rugby Fetiston club. The, the uni rugby club uses as their base. Must be. Yeah, OBE be. or whatever they call it. OBE, not OBE, right OBE. in the centre. Yes. Not in
1: Courtney Place.
2: No. Because, I mean, I couldn't imagine the Barmy Army crowd trying to find... <laughs> The hippest In uh, Courtney Place, Place <laughs> In
1: brewery bars
2: Those ones that you go downstairs And it's very low ceilings you oh, know. you're
1: talking about mishmosh
2: Yeah I can't imagine They're in those sorts of places yeah, There's a few classics In Wellington isn't oh, there Oh Jesus I remember My very first trip Down there of Waikato, Ending up in We weren't supposed to be Out past one But I got cornered By the great Jerry Collins And he said Oh well you can Just stay with me And I was like Oh we've got a one o'clock curfew He's like, Don't worry about that um, and there was just this massive joint as well, like my first away trip with the Mooloos, and it was these beautiful chandeliers all through the place. And I've and I went back there a few times on other expeditions. I can't remember what it was called. It was down on a little side roads off Courtney Place, but uh, yeah, that place made an impression on me.
1: Mm, more for the it fact it always that I was
2: just, does. More for the fact I was just happy to get out alive. But yeah, you've had some had some in Wellington. Doesn't
1: it. matter what age either. It doesn't matter if if you're 18, just turned 18, or if you're 85.
2: Well, they have like a cowboy scenario too, don't they? Yes. That's straight across the road Mm.
3: from the Chandelier. Well, Jacob's been
1: there most recently, hasn't he, after Mm. his trip to Argentina.
2: Yeah, that's that. To watch Argentina, of course.
3: Uh, Spend the morning in Argentina, (laughs) came back, (laughs) spend the the afternoon in Courtney Place. Yeah, no, I love the pool, uh, the pool bar as well uh, on Courtney Place too. Mermaids. Yeah, not mermaids. <laughs> Fire out. The yes, pool, not yes. the pool bar. The pool bar. You know where you play pool. Pool. Pool bar. Not pool <laughs> bar. Pool <pole pole>, vault. No. <laughs> Coyotes. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, great, great spot. Love it. It's mm. a frequenter when I'm down there.
1: Mm. Very, very, very good place. Uh, Good place. Um, Right, Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad, as a pair, as we've we've now just heard, have become the all-time leading wicket takers with 1,003 wickets combined. Now, Ricardo and Smithia this morning on Mornings were talking about Jimmy Anderson. How is he the number one ICC Test bowler at the ripe old age of 40? Age is nothing but a number.
6: Look, he's been well managed. I think, um, to be fair, um, in the last uh, two to three years, one of the things uh, the England cricket management have done is they've used his skills um, and they've managed his time and his workload quite well. So they don't send him on tours that it's going to be very hard work for him uh, and it's going to be fruitless. Um, but they, they send him on, on um, tours where they rarely recognise that he'll be, it's not too arduous. And, um, you know, Brendan will make sure of that too in terms of practice. He won't be flogging him. Uh, You know, he'll just be saying, Jimmy, you bowl as many deliveries as you feel as if you want to do at practice uh, to get yourself in the mood that you think. The same would be in his preparation in the morning. So uh, lightly managed, uh, I would think, in terms of his workload. Uh, He will play in the Ashes at home. There's no doubt about that. And on the 30th of July, he will turn 41, which is quite unbelievable when Mm. you think about that. 41 years of age.
1: Fast bowler, 41, uh, who's at the very top of his game, beef
6: Top of the world game. To we
2: ranked number one in the world? Phenomenal, considering. What, and
1: he still got more in the tank.
2: What that, what toll that would put on your body? Charging well, we're seeing it with
1: Kyle Jamison, aren't we? And the injuries that he's had.
2: Absolutely, putting putting your body through that. Just, I mean, we've we've talked about it. It's been great pub chat. Bowling is not something your body is meant to do. Old and thought, the twisting and the turning, but. Uh, at the age of forty, still doing it and doing it better than anyone. Just to interrupt this a public announcement. It's the equivalent of a public announcement on uh, an SCNZ sports radio show. Uh, hi guys, uh, Ken Rutherford, Tip Horse Eight Mobster Race, uh, Horse Eight Mobster Race Seven, Kim Lagrange on Smoovey Show this morning. Race starts at six fifty from Ted. Cheers, Ted. I've just got on it myself. And uh, what was that paying? Uh, paying about seven fifty for the win. Is that tonight? It's in about five minutes. Oh, um. So Ken Rutherford, a great tipster and geez, one of the great cricketers of our nation too. Wonderful number five batsman. Great, uh, great foil to a great Martin Crow. Andrew Jones at three, Crow at four. That's a middle order.
1: Oh, it's horse four.
2: Oh jeepers! I've Did you got get a, on the
1: wrong one? Well,
2: I've got a mobster one. <laughs> Actually, I tend to think you're right. I think it is right. Yes, it's number four. Thankfully, it's not a horse eight.
1: Are you sure? Yeah. You're on the right horse. I've made that mistake before.
2: Don't change it. I've made that mistake it before.
1: It uh, Right, back to the chat that Smithy and Ricardo were having this morning about Jimmy Anderson. How is this for a stat? Since Anderson made his debut for England, 94 players have come and go. 94 of them.
3: Yeah, I'm not surprised by that stat. Um, he's had a long, long career, Um, He's had a very long career, hasn't he? So I'm just wondering what his diet's like. He must be vegan or something like that to have this longevity. I'm wondering, Beav, if you ever considered having the vegan diet um, in your latter years of your career.
2: (laughs) I didn't go vegan, but I did go healthier, it must be said. Um, And I tried to lay off the booze, that's for sure. You you, you certainly couldn't, as as time wore on, you certainly couldn't have your Saturday nights after a game like you used to. Um, so you, you you kept that for bi-weekends, really. But uh, no, uh, Jacob, well, I certainly didn't go vegan. I probably didn't have as much Chinese and pizza uh, on the nights of Sunday, Monday, Tuesday as I did in the past. Um, so And I actually got into things like broccoli and stuff like that. Oh, I, broccoli, I'd never rice, heard of it. Bodybuilding and knife. the list. Uh, <laughs> or, or a cheese Yeah, Or cheese list was my treat. So, and the nippies. In fact <laughs> well, you go, you dark can't get...
1: chocolate, you're allowed as much as you want. As <laughs>
2: much as you want. It's pretty fuzzy. The uh, the thing that I did treat myself was once I'd finished the aftermatches and I would dropped the boys who were wanting to go out and about in town, I'd go past the McDonalds there on Tarapa, I'd get in the queue and I'd treat myself to an outrageous amount of McDonald's and that was that was my little substitute for, for drinking booze or anything like that in the latter years, Jacob, must be said.
3: Oh, that's interesting. Because mm. uh, the reason why I thought of that is because you haven't officially um, tied up the boots, as like you know what I mean. You haven't, you haven't ended the career.
2: Well, I, I,
1: He's
3: I, holding Stephen, on. He? He's I,
1: holding on, Jacob. He I, wants all the good things that come with it.
2: I certainly, mm. <laughs> I certainly have hung up the uh, the gloves and the bats. So certainly, the cricket. I see many years left in the cricket career. But no, it's correct, Jacob. I've never had a press conference um, to say this is all over.
1: One day we'll have to do one. I think right we here should. On the run home. It's a great idea. We'll invite all the media, all your favourite journalists. We'll invite them mm, into the building. Yeah. You confront, say you've got a big yeah. announcement to make. We big get, announcement. We could
2: get the answers
3: of the world. They've got a nice room down that down the hall there. So. They do actually yeah. set up one. Oh, fingers. well. I think. I
1: think we should send the email out. It's a great show for get December. Get <laughs> <That> It is actually. <laughs> Stephen Donald has an announcement to make. He invites you, <laughs> one and only you. <laughs> to the ACNZ offices at 4 o'clock tomorrow.
2: There'll be free food. Free food, that'll get them there.
1: Oh, it always does, doesn't yeah. it? It always does. Uh, right, still to come on The Run Home, we whip around the grounds thanks to PGG rights and turf. In fact, let's do it now. Uh, before we get sidetracked again, this is around the grounds. Thanks to Durascape Lawn Seed from PTG Wrightson or Fruit Fed Stores. Beaver, it is Super Rugby Round One this weekend. I can't believe it, but we're back into it. This time tomorrow night, I'll be in Christchurch. Uh, it looks like rain is on the horizon. Alongside me will be the one and only Kieran Reed, Andy Ellis to build you up to the Chiefs taking on. The Crusaders. Wouldn't
2: believe anything they say. They'll be very (laughs) pro-Canterbury, I'd have thought. Um, they
1: have to be neutral tomorrow night. Let's whip through the games, eh? Absolutely. And remember, tipping competition, not just for you at home. You can log on to ECNZ and sign up for our tipping competition if you haven't already. But Beaver and I will be playing our very own tipping competition. So let's kickstart things tomorrow in Christchurch. Crusaders, Chiefs, Beaver. Who will it be? 7.05.
2: The rain I'm not happy about, but Mm. I'm still with the Chiefs. I'm
1: going Chiefs too. Oh. War- Waratahs, Brumbies, 9.35.
2: Oh, I don't know why, but I'm going to go Waratahs.
1: Brumbies, 9.35 uh, tomorrow night. Saturday, we've got a triple header. Moana Pacifica taking on the Fijian Drawer. Wonderful occasion at Mount Smart Stadium. Afternoon game. I'm sure they're going to have hundreds and thousands of fans there at 4.35. Which way are you leaning for the two newcomers in the competition, Beef?
2: I'm actually on the Drawer. on the draw. I just think that they might start the season better. Moana's, they've got some, I mean, Drew's got some form of such around the pre-seasons, which I I don't put too much weight on, but I do put a little bit of weight on, to be fair.
1: I'm going the draw as well. Uh, 7.05 tomorrow night, down into Needham, Saturday night, I should say, Highlanders Blues. Back the underdog, Beef. You said this is that Highlanders team that Mm. no one rates them. Do you?
2: Yeah, I'm going to... I rate them enough. Throw a
1: smokey out there.
2: No. You said
1: they'll get up for Clark Dermody.
2: They'll get up for Clark Dermody. Will it be enough to beat 13 All Blacks? O-Week, the magic of O-Week. These young Highlanders will know that... Will the
1: Blues get distracted on Friday night.
2: Blues get distracted or the young Highlanders be inspired by the thought of having the keys to the city for the weekend.
1: I'm going to Blues, just... Blues, a big time for me, big time. Uh, 9.35 in Townsville, uh, big road trip for the Hurricanes who have just uh, left Wellington, taking on the Reeds. Do you see this being a challenge for the Hurricanes first up? I do, actually. That's I really a, do. So they fly Wellington. Brisbane,
2: Brisbane I'd Brisbane, imagine. Townsville.
1: Townsville. Bit of a road trip Thursday night.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a niggly one, but I mean, it's the same with Canberra. You always have to fly to Sydney. For, for us in Hamilton, you used to have to bus to Auckland to fly to Sydney. It's always long days.
1: Conditions in tropical Queensland? Be
2: hot as buggery. Oh, steamy. You won't be able to hold the ball. The ball will be a slippery slippery bar of soap, I'd imagine. Geez, I, I honestly think this is close to flip a coin one. I, this is a potential... Australian victory I'm gonna just 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 give it to the Canes
1: that Reds team has a good lineup as well Tate McDermott at 9 Michael Liner's son at 10 Hunter Paisami in the midfield Dugudu on the wing Jordan Patea's at 15 they've got a really really strong side did 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 young
2: young Liner not end up getting capped for England or is that another son
1: is there another son
2: because I'm T sure... liner Jeez, I'm sure one of the liners got almost...
1: One starting at 10. Brilliant. For the Reds. What a story. Good, really, really good team. Did you say you're going Canes?
2: Oh, just. Only just.
1: Oh, I can't go against our New Zealand teams, can
2: I? No, oh, no we can't.
1: Okay, and for the match of the weekend, the would-you-rather match of the weekend, would you rather poke a needle in your eye, beef, or watch Sunday, 12 a.m., which you'll still be awake for after your golf tournament at Wyoku.
2: I am Force Rebels. <laughs> I am poking a needle in my eye. I at am. Midnight. I'm throwing my TV out the window. I'm cancelling my Sky subscription. I will not be watching that game.
1: Force Rebels, as uh, anyone.
2: Force. force one.
1: Are you going Force? Yep. Oh, it's in Perth. Yeah, we'll take the Force. So every single game we've got the same.
2: No, I've
1: gone.
5: You've gone Brum, the Waratahs, Waratahs, I've gone the Brumbies. Yep.
1: That's the one that will set us apart this week. And that is what to watch this weekend. All thanks to PGG Rights and Turf. Don't forget the second test between the Black Caps and England starts tomorrow as well, Beve.
2: We're turning it around. Are we? Yes, we are. Draw
1: the, or victory? No,
2: victory. The red ball in the hands of...
1: My, Victory to the Black Caps and how many days?
2: My great champion Tim Salvey's told us the red ball in our hands is different to the pink ball. Do we
1: get cricket tomorrow at the Basin or does the Featherston just keep getting frequented <laughs> by the Barmy Army?
2: Well, I don't know if you heard, Kirst, but the first three days are sold out. Let's hope they get some cricket because, jeez, it'll be Sunday electric. Oh, will be unbelievable. Do you want to go? Oh, I wouldn't mind. Oh, I've got the kids all weekend, so I might just take them take down. Them down. Road trip. You know love
1: a wee hot dog.
2: They want to go and see their cousins down there, so why not? <laughs>
1: That is around the grounds this week. All thanks to PGG Rights and Turf. Ask about Juriscape Lawn Seed from your local PGG Rights and or Fruit feed stores. We'll be back right after this.